My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Marissa Vertries and Agnes Richard. Marissa Vertries is the organizing director for the Global Catholic Climate Movement, or GCCM, a network of almost 900 Catholic religious orders, dioceses, universities, lay organizations, and other institutions in more than 90 countries. Their mission is to engage Catholics in addressing the climate crisis through spiritual, liturgical, lifestyle, and institutional change, and through engagement in advocacy for broader social and policy change. Agnes Richard is the coordinator of the new chapter of the GCCM in Canada. The GCCM was founded not long after two pivotal events in 2015. One was the massive People's Climate March that took place in New York City, and the other was the release of an encyclical, that is, a document containing a significant teaching, by Pope Francis called Laudato Si on Care for Our Common Home. According to today's guests, if you look back to the early church, prominent teachers talked about nature as integral to life and faith. However, the division between humanity and nature that has arisen in general in dominant cultures in more recent centuries was also reflected in the context of the Catholic Church. And similarly, as modern Western consciousness about environmental issues began to take shape in the mid-20th century, so too did modern environmental teachings begin to appear as part of broader social teachings in Catholic contexts, and they are now quite common. Laudato Si builds on this tradition and issues a moral and faith-based call to attend to the climate crisis and to take action. Globally, the movement engages in a range of kinds of activities aimed at fostering spiritual, personal, and public policy-based change. They mobilize people to engage in these kinds of changes as part of particular elements of the church calendar, as well as in connection with more generally observed days like Earth Day. They have developed resources of various kinds for Catholics wishing to reflect more on these issues and to take action in small groups and in their parishes. They work with Catholic institutions around things like divestment from fossil fuel industries and reducing emissions, and they've been actively supporting the global climate strike movement, as well as pushing for stronger climate action at UN conferences and other international venues. The Canadian chapter is still at a fairly early stage. It began as a partnership between the international level of the GCCM and an interfaith environmental organization in Canada called Faith and the Common Good. Though the Canadian chapter will not officially launch until October, they have established an advisory circle and are working on a website, and they've been hard at work raising funds and developing partnerships with other Catholic organizations in Canada that are also engaged with environmental questions. There are already about 80 people in Canada who have been trained as animators by the international level of the GCCM, and the Canadian chapter aims to help connect and support them. They'll be working to continue to increase their membership among Catholic individuals and organizations, they aim to adapt some of the international's resources to the Canadian context and to create some of their own. They want to lift up examples of Catholic institutions that are already taking positive climate action as a way to encourage other such institutions to do so as well. 
Once it's more fully established, the chapter will engage in government-focused advocacy, seeking bold and just policies to address the climate crisis. And a particular focus of the Canadian chapter will be building relationships between Catholic laity and Indigenous people who are engaged in water protection, land defense, and other assertions of their rights. I speak with Vertries and Richard about the relationship between the Catholic faith and climate action, about the global Catholic climate movement in general, and about the movement's new chapter in Canada. My name is Marissa Vertries. I am the organizing director for the Global Catholic Climate Movement. We are a network of almost 900 Catholic organizations, including universities, religious orders, dioceses, and lay organizations around the world, currently with either member organizations or chapters or volunteers in just over 90 different countries. Our mission is to engage Catholics in addressing the climate crisis through spiritual change, integrating care for creation into our liturgy and into our spiritual lives through personal reflection and the lifestyle change and direct change of our institutions and through advocating for change in our communities. And I'm Agnes Richard. I will become the coordinator of Global Catholic Climate Movement Canada. This is a branch chapter of the larger global Catholic climate movement. And in Canada, we hope to be able to connect with the animators that have trained with Marissa's organization and make available to them Made in Canada Catholic content to help our Canadian animators bring care of creation home to their own parishes here in Canada. Uh, my apologies for the peculiar character uh, of the audio in that clip from Richard. There are a couple more clips from her that have that same thing going on, but it does resolve partway through the episode. Within the church, there's actually long been an interest in the natural world. In the early church, there wasn't the strict division that we would see today between sort of the modern world and humanity and nature. And so you'll see a lot of writings from early teachers in the church, such as St. Augustine or others, speaking about the need to look at nature as a reflection of God, creation as a way to learn learn more about God and to understand our faith more deeply. And so really saw that as integral. As society changed, the church changed as well, putting up more of a division between humanity and nature. But we've started to see that come down as well. And so the first environmental writings from the Catholic Church really started showing up about 50 years ago or so. And since then, we've seen almost every bishop's conference or diocese come out with some sort of teaching, really drawing attention to care for creation as part of social teaching from the church on its own as well as the need to address environmental issues in order to protect humans, to protect the poor and vulnerable. As the extremities of the climate crisis have become more and more visible, we have seen the church step up in additional ways, calling attention to the need to address the climate crisis that really has come to the forefront with Pope Francis. So again, not the first. We actually saw a lot of writings on the environment from Pope John Paul II. Pope Benedict made a lot of efforts to start greening the church, putting solar panels up in the Vatican, and otherwise encouraging the church to take steps towards reducing carbon emissions. But Pope Francis had really elevated this in church teaching. And so an encyclical is one of the highest levels of church teaching. It comes straight from the Vatican. And that's what the document Laudato Si, which is from Blessed Be, it's from an old poem, but 
Laudato Si on Care for Our Common Home came out in 2015 that really highlighted both the depths of the climate crisis. So what we've all seen in the news about how rapidly this needs to be addressed and what a danger it is to humanity as a whole, as well as to nature and additional species and biomes outside of us. So really calling attention to the depths of the crisis, but then also strongly emphasizing how much we needed to think of this crisis holistically and address it through ecological conversion, through really addressing our lifestyle, through addressing our spirituality, and through taking strong steps both in our individual lives as a church and then within the political realm as well, and saying that those couldn't be thought of as separate, that we needed not only to do this action within our own church, but the church needed to step up because we needed to see governmental action in order to address such a major crisis. And I can talk a little bit about our Canadian Catholic bishops, too. They've also put out statements in support of Laudato Si, and individual bishops have written letters encouraging their followers to care for water, for example. So in the Canadian context, our Catholic leaders have also called us to look again at our relationship with the natural world and creation and to take to heart the fact that we need to care for it and we need to bring our politicians to help us care for it. How were the global movement and the Canadian chapter, respectively, founded? Our executive director, Tomas Insua, founded GCCM about four years ago, also the same time as Laudato Si. He founded it after attending the People's Climate March, which was a major mobilization before Paris in 2015. Uh, and Paris was the site of a major United Nations summit on climate in 2015. And there wasn't as much representation from the Catholic Church as he would like. We were doing a lot, again, behind the scenes. There was a lot of activity within the church itself, but really stepping up and being visible in, in a way that we needed to be, we didn't see as much. And so he worked on putting together this large network with a lot of different organizations within the church and really pulling them together and being vocal in order to call for more and stronger action on the climate crisis. And since then, we've really grown. What we have seen is that particularly within the grassroots, within sort of lay Catholics around the world, that there really has been a hunger to take action. Catholics around the world see the depths of the climate crisis as everyone else does and are aware of the rapidly changing weather patterns and see how this is affecting our lives and people want to take action. We've also seen that they want this to be a way to live out their faith and really want to be engaged. And so it's grown quite rapidly with many different, as I mentioned, networks, religious orders and dioceses taking part, but also volunteer leaders. And so we have something called the Laudato Si Animators Program, which is our key volunteer program. And through that, we've really seen people step up and take action. Agnes Richards was part of that program before. And now many of those leaders have started chapters in their own home regions or started Laudato Si teams within their diocese or other otherwise really saw the way to take this forward and spread the message of care for creation. And so the growth of GCCM has really been because of this grassroots network that's really wanted to take action. And I can talk a little bit about how GCCM Canada began. Discussions started just in January this year, so it's very new, but there's a lot of energy and support around it. The organization in Canada has come together in a partnership between Faith in the Common Good, a national interfaith non-for-profit organization centered out of Toronto, but with branch offices all across the country, with the global Catholic climate movement. So the two are working together to bring this Canadian chapter to life. Very early on, the Canadian chapter attracted a group of 10 very motivated people who would act as advisors to the Global Catholic Climate Movement Canada. 
They are from diocesan offices in Ottawa and in Vancouver. We have a Squamish elder. We intend in Canada to have a strong component where we are hearing the voices of Indigenous peoples in Canada to formulate how we move forward in the actions that we take in GCCDM Canada. We also have professors of theology on the advisory panel and people who are creating Laudato Si resource materials on a regular basis for Canadian Catholics to use, such as the Jesuit Forum for Social Faith and Justice and members of the Sisters of St. Joseph's and their ecology and spirituality team. So there's a very strong group of people who are committed to making this come together in Canada. And the intent is to create a platform where the over 80 people who have trained as Laudato Si animators can connect with each other in Canada and discuss how we can best move forward at the parish level and in our communities with materials that have been developed here in Canada too. GCCM International has wonderful campaigns and a great set of resources that can be used by people all over the world. But GCCM Canada is hoping to add just a little bit more of a Canadian content to the great programming that the international movement does. Give listeners a sense of the core activities that the GCCM engages in, again, both in general across the many different countries you have a presence in, and specifically in Canada. With GCCM as a whole, there are several ways that people can be engaged. And we do, again, try to address integrating care for creation into our spiritual lives, into our personal lives, and then into advocacy and speaking up. So we have a couple uh, events that we do every year. One of them is actually coming up, Season of Creation. It runs from September 1st through October 4th, September 1st being the World Day of Prayer for Creation. This is an ecumenical and global event where we join with other Christian denominations around the world in praying for creation. At GCCM, we also encourage people to use Season of Creation as a time to engage in personal reflection and some sort of direct change. So something such as doing a stream cleanup or starting a Laudato Si garden, another way to really interact with nature. But then we also try to get people to use this as an opportunity to speak out. And so we have been participating in the global climate strikes that were started by Greta Thunberg. On May 24th, we had over 100 locations where Catholics were either participating or leading strikes. And so the next strikes take place on September 20th as part of Season of Creation. And we will again be encouraging our network to take part. Earth Day is another time where we always ask people to take action. That one was much more of a focus on advocacy or some sort of service. Other ways that organizations and individuals can participate, we have resources for hosting a Laudato Si retreat as a way to really experience care for creation and spirituality, as well as something called Laudato Si circles, which are small community groups where we can support each other through the process of ecological conversion, through prayer and reflection, sharing the efforts we're making in our own lives, and then again, using that to step towards action and seeing how we can speak out within our community. And then we also engage institutions in trying to get them to make direct changes to have the church reduce its emissions, as well as really live out our faith. One of our main programs is the divestment program, encouraging institutions to divest from fossil fuels and reinvest in renewable energy. And GCCM Canada will use all of those resources that Marissa talked about. There are things that are invaluable that we can do. What GCCM Canada 
hopes to offer is quarterly conference calls so that the up to 80 animators in Canada have a way to connect with each other and to connect with other Catholic groups who are doing work around creation care. But we also hope to offer Canadian suggestions and advice. One of our advisory circle leaders is very strong in advocacy. Mr. Joe Gunn had been for 10 years the executive director of Citizens for Public Justice, and they did a lot of advocacy work around creation care with the federal government. And he will be advising us on the types of things that we could do to perhaps ask candidates in the upcoming federal election to bring to the four policies that will help us meet our Paris agreements around climate change. And then the third thing that GCCN Canada wants to do is continue to include Indigenous partners in the way we do our work. And that will be to invite their voices, but also to share with the animators and Catholics across the country what our bishops have said around issues like the Doctrine of Discovery and around Truth and Reconciliation Commission and how that connects with our approach to dealing with climate change in this country. As you're building the network in Canada, how are you connecting with other Catholic laypeople and institutions? That's happening in a couple of different ways. The group of 10 people who are the advisory circle have been talking to their networks. I have been speaking publicly with groups like the Joint Ecological Ministry, which is a combination of several religious communities about what we hope GCCM to become. And through those conversations with them, those organizations are coming on board and supporting what we do. As an example, the Ursuline Sisters, the Sisters of St. Joseph, Oblate Fathers. We are actually developing a fairly good working relationship with Caritas Canada Development and Peace. That partnership will be a strong working partnership between the two of us, between Development and Peace and GCCM Canada. A number of our advisory circle have spoken to conferences of the Catholic Women's League. The Catholic Women's League in Toronto, in Hamilton, in Ottawa, and Kingston have all heard from representatives of GCCM Canada. We provide information for them to get back in touch with us. And through that, our email list has been building and expanding beyond both the hearers of our public speaking and our individual contact list. So I think just basically word of mouth and buzz is spreading the idea of GCCM Canada right now. But very soon with the workable launch of our website, there will also be other ways for people who hear about us to connect and become involved. It may be too early for you to really know this, but what's your sense of what kinds of institutional changes in the context of the church in Canada that your chapter will be aiming for in terms of emissions, divestment from fossil fuel industries, and whatever else? I think what we'll be able to do is spread the news about individual parishes and dioceses who are already doing that. And by holding up that example, we can encourage other parishes and other dioceses to do similarly. So there are several religious congregations who have already decided that divestment is the way to go. The Jesuits of English Canada have decided to do that, and I believe the Sisters of St. Joseph's have. Another indicator is communities that have become blue communities. This was a program established by the Council of Canadians and intended for municipalities. But the Sisters of St. Joseph's Toronto, I believe, and Jericho House, Jericho House is a retreat center in Port Coburn, are two religious organizations that have been declared blue communities. So by holding up those and telling their stories as examples, we can encourage many more Catholic organizations to follow their lead. 
through faith in the common good, one of the partners that are hosting and supporting GCCM Canada, there is a very good program about energy benchmarking, which is guiding churches in tracking their energy expenditures and finding ways to reduce their carbon footprint. And there are parishes in Ottawa and in Toronto who are already well-established in that program. And by telling their stories and sharing their stories, we'll encourage other Canadian parishes to do the same. So it's an attempt to lead by example and to show that there are some groups who are already doing this work and encouraging others to jump on board and to use the resources that we already have available to us. One of the challenges is that within the Catholic Church, the resources aren't easily accessible at the moment, and that's what GCCM Canada hopes to do, is to open the accessibility to Made in Canada resources for faith communities. What kinds of things do you envision the Canadian chapter pushing for in terms of broader social and governmental change in the Canadian context? What I'd like to see GCCM Canada become is a support and a connector between Catholic laity and Indigenous peoples who are working to protect water and land and not only their cultural lifestyles, but by protecting land and water, protecting future for all of us. So GCCM Canada will seek to partner with Indigenous communities who are working to protect their land and water. Aside from that, continuing to ask both our politicians and our church hierarchy to require policy changes that will move us in the right direction. And I know that this particular area can be rather politically charged, but I have advisors who are very good at helping identify where those focuses can be and what kind of advice we can give to the animators and Catholic lay people who want to become engaged in this way. Again, I'll reference Joe Gunn because he's done so much of this work already, but several others are helping us determine what that will be and how we can engage with those who want to be part of GCCN Canada. So in part, it is still a work in progress. I think, too, that I should say that it will start small. So it could be that there won't be a visible response that you will be able to see or the public will be able to see in the first six months or even in the first year. But by the second year, advocacy is something that we really hope to be digging into in a strong way. What would you say to someone who's listening, who is a lay Catholic and who's passionate about climate issues, about how they can get involved with your movement, but also what they could be doing in their local parish? In terms of connecting with GCCM Canada, I would encourage them to look into the Faith in the Common Good website and find us there. They can also reach me by email at arichard@faithcommongood.org. As to what they can do in their own parishes, there are lots of resources through Faith in the Common Good and other organizations. Development and Peace has some teaching materials to talk about creation care and climate crisis and attendant social justice topics connected with that, like forced migration because of deteriorating climate situations. But to begin talking with small groups within their parishes, sometimes it can seem daunting to set up a green team, but that is one way to address the physical aspects of the building of the parish and how activities are managed within the parish. So if you're having meetings and you want to steer away from disposable 
items all the time. There are hints and topics and, and, and ways of being more sustainable in the practices of how a parish operates. Uh, there are also resources available to help people understand the encyclical, the Dato Si, and what it means on a personal level, on a community level, and on a broader level in terms of advocating with our governments. It takes a little bit of soul-searching and discussion first to understand how best individual parishes want to tackle environmental crisis. And I would suggest that they not try and tackle all of it all at once. It's too much. Each individual parish will probably find ways that make the most sense to them locally. And it'll take a little bit of discussion before they discover what that is. But there are tools as well from the Jesuit Forum for Social Faith and Justice in having those discussions, in understanding what the strengths are of the people around the table, and then with those strengths and understandings, moving towards some form of creation care that makes the most sense to the parish that people are in. So what's coming up for the global Catholic climate movement? Uh, And I guess maybe Marissa speak to the international level first. We'll be really promoting the global climate strikes in September 20th and ongoing through that. We have started a new program that launched at World Youth Day called the Laudato Sea Generation for youth and young adults between the ages of 15 and 30. The Laudato Sea Generation has really been leading the mobilization for the climate strikes. They've also issued a manifesto to the church calling on the church to really live out the call in Laudato Sea to make drastic changes to reduce our own emissions, as well as speaking out more prophetically on the need for international governmental action. And so we'll be continuing to promote Laudato Sea generation and their call. Another additional point is that the Synod on the Amazon is coming up in October. This is a major gathering of all bishops from around the world in order to consider more deeply church teaching and occasionally issue new directives. And this particular Synod, we have created a discernment process for to encourage all parishes and all small faith groups to discuss how we can protect biodiversity, protect the forests, protect additional biomes, address climate change, and then Lastly, a big issue of the Amazon Synod will also be discussing the way the church has interacted with indigenous and native populations throughout its existence and working with others to raise more strongly the voices of indigenous and native leaders around the world. We will also be present at the gatherings of the UN that address the Paris Agreement. And so we will again be there urging strong action and strong rules to ensure that the Paris Agreement is enforced and that each country has made a very ambitious commitment to the Paris Agreement. And Agnes, what about in Canada? I would think that we'll have some focus on the upcoming federal election. Also, pairing with the efforts of development and peace and the international GCCM movement around the Synod for the Amazon. That Synod, as Marissa mentioned, is going to discuss both protection of the biodiversity in the Amazon basin and the attacks on the rainforest is something that we'll be speaking out to curtail but also the understanding that incorporating the knowledge and wisdom of Indigenous peoples around the world and their understanding of the land as a way of informing how we move forward with policies and understanding spiritually how we can protect and create a a situation where our environment thrives with our assistance. You have been listening to my interview with Marissa Vertries of the Global Catholic Climate Movement and Agnes Richard of the Global Catholic Climate Movement Canada. To learn more about the Canadian chapter or to get involved, go to faithcommongood.org and search for Global Catholic Climate Movement Canada.
To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week.